Hello and welcome to episode number 55 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. Uh, we've got Phil here with us today. We're both here today because we've got big news, which yes. is that the course expansion, the first six levels of it, 419 lessons are out. They're released. It always takes longer than you think it will, but they're ready to go. And this is uh, obviously very exciting news for us and several people on the course who have been, you know, I got a message from uh, a guy who took our course live before right. Andy from uh, the UK. Great guy. I love that guy. And he just sent me this message. It was just like, I saw on Instagram that you guys are expanding. Looking forward to it so much. Fei Chong Bang, Fei Chong Bang. <laughs> I was just like, this guy's awesome. And so he was happy to see that it's out. And so we just you, thought we'd talk about it a little bit. First thing I want to say, I think you're doing yourself a disservice there because you said that it's taking longer than you thought. Mm. But actually, think about how we've been saying it's actually going to, it's, we're going to release the whole thing a lot sooner than we originally said. Oh, yeah. Overall, yeah. From a larger perspective, sure. Right, yeah. So totally. we originally said, and I, until like uh, a week ago or less than a week ago, that we were going to take these 20 levels and release them over 20 weeks because mm -hmm. just to give ourselves enough leeway. But actually, that's not the case, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, the thought I didn't consider, which I mentioned in the last podcast, was that mm -hmm. the Anki decks aren't level by level. They're like five levels each. And the Anki decks require doing a recording session with Jerry and Annie, and like they require a lot of preparation. You can't just prepare one level and do an Anki deck. You have to prepare all five or six levels. Yeah. And so uh, the first... Anki deck set, which is the six levels from 37 to 42, are ready to go. And so that's when we when we finished that was when we could finally get the course ready. What I meant about it taking a while is that you, you think, okay, it's planned out. We've fixed our characters and words and we're ready to go. And then you go, okay, but actually turning it into the course is like, you know, it's it's a it's a process. But I have been really enjoying it. And even just this morning I was uh, doing the uh, progress by word type yeah. slides and like the uh, the overall progress uh, slides for the level reviews for the remaining levels, so from 43 to 57. And it's just such a larger course now. Like the amount that you're going to learn is so, it's it's epic. So yeah. and look forward to that. But it's not just the amount. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not just the amount. It's because of the, the extensive research that we've done. Mm. Um, that I'm sure I mentioned the last podcast. I'm sure you've mentioned at least once. Like the the analysis that we've done. It's I, I it's not an analysis that's been done anywhere else. I don't think the, the mm. level of the level of the depth of the research. So usually they have something called a, a corpus. This was a new word to me. So a corpus is like a an amount of uh, the size of the analysis essentially, mm -hmm. right? So usually a corpus is like a few hundred thousand characters. So like you know, they, or maybe a couple of million. Mm -hmm. um, or a few million, perhaps, at, at best. So, yeah, they'll take a bunch of newspapers and stories, and they'll usually take the old stuff and analyze that, you know, which is why the, mm -hmm. that's what they did for the HSK, and that's why the HSK has a lot of sort of seemingly random words, and they didn't use a lot of human decision with it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what I love about this is that we haven't used just millions of characters and words. We've used billions and billions of characters. Well, how many, do you actually know the like, that figure? I know it's the, over a billion characters, but I don't know the oh, so exact Oh, sorry, figure, not billions, but... maybe maybe a billion. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, you know, a thousand million is <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we've, but not only that, it's the sources that they've come from, mm. which excites me. It's like, it's not just from old newspapers from the 60s, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Or like the Mao's Little Red Book. It's it's from which is what Pleco uses, I believe. Right, right. If you look at their example, <laughs> their yeah, example yeah. sentences, right? Yeah. Sorry, um, but it, we use things like you know Weibo and uh, uh, TV and movie subtitles and all that sort of stuff. So it's a lot more modern, and of course our own sort of decisions. So yeah, yeah. Decision making that no, that shouldn't be in there. That's that's not ready. Like we should. 
that that should be in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. We could, we included a lot of different things, and so there's going to be a fair bit more formal language this time around because yeah. we kind of avoided it the first time. But you know, I was writing about this the other day that uh, there's a I think there's an easy misconception to make with formal language is to think that formal language is less common mm. in your day to day life than uh, spoken language yeah. is, and it's it's not true it's it's just as so here's a good example two days ago i went to the gym and there was a big notice on the door that said that the gym is going to be closing in a month and that we could get a new card at another gym that's close by and they had like a reciprocal agreement with them that they'll take on the old members and whatever Mm. and that was not written in spoken Chinese, of course not, but it was an everyday situation in the sense it's just something I came across going to the gym. And like, even though that individual situation is kind of rare, it's not like every gym that you go to eventually closes, mm-hmm. but those types of situations, something else like, oh, uh, you know, my um, a supermarket is under construction I need to go in a different entrance or something yeah. like that. And there's a sign like these types of things are always going to be in formal language. And well, your so- rent- rental contracts. So if you come to stay in China, mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, you're going to have to sign a contract. And yeah, sure. A lot of people have friends that can help them, but sure, sure. why would you want that? Why not be able to do it yourself? Yeah. Read yeah. The contract. You know, understand the conditions and all that sort of stuff. And just think of it like this, you know, as it happens, I, I forget, I think it's level 40, we have two characters come up, which are basically the formal versions of Dongxi uh, and Difang. So Dongxi is stuff, Difang hmm. is place. Well, the formal version of that would be Wu for Dongxi. It's just one yeah. character, Wu. And uh, then the for uh, Difang, it's Chang. And they actually both share a component, but the... It, it occurred to me when I was thinking about the words that are used for with wu or with uh, di fang. They're common words that if you said, uh, sorry, with um, wu or chang, if you said dongxi or di fang to replace them, it would sound really weird and you would sound uneducated is how you would sound. You know, so it's basically like you're going to get to become the type of person that Chinese people look at and go, oh, this person's not just good at Chinese, but they're also kind of smart too. So like that's always, you know, a good thing to, good feeling to have when you're uh, using your Chinese. Yeah. So, so we're really excited about this. And I just wanted to pop in to talk to you guys about that because, you know, normally we do the podcast individually, but we thought together there's a big moment in the evolution of Mandarin Blueprint. So we thought we'd just uh, pop in together and celebrate a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, I kind of want to just, mentioned from what you just said there mm. you're talking about experience like i watched a video it's all about mar- i'm trying to learn about marketing we both are right you mm. know how to how to get the course out there better um and there's this great talk uh, by a guy called uh, frank kern and he was talking about experiences is what people want and life is all about experience like so for example you're learning chinese and you'll take like people that are on our course you know you're you're, you're not putting in all this effort and time um, in order to learn Chinese, you're doing it for the experience, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing it for the experience of like you being in the gym and <laughs> being able to understand something easily. Uh, oh, yeah, whereas yeah. not many people can do that, you know, mm. you're, or you're doing it for um, the experience of, I don't know, uh, people turning their heads and saying, well, oh, you speak Chinese or you read Chinese mm-hmm. or, or, you know. Yeah, no, actually that. that experience was really nice. I, I yeah. remember thinking to myself, because you, you have less and less moments of like, oh, my Chinese has gotten better as you get more advanced because the relative uh, increase in your skill is less. But mm-hmm. still, 
that was one of those moments because I saw the uh, the announcement on the gym door mm-hmm. and like I got everything that it was saying within like I don't know like it was definitely under a minute and it was a full page of text and I'm not saying I like literally read it in great detail but I quickly grokked the whole situation it's like okay they're closing but there's this thing this place across the street i've seen that place before and then i turned to the guy and was like this is the place across from the uh gate one of this complex right and he was like yeah yeah it's right across the street from there and that sort of quick it's just uh, as quick as a chinese person would have you know at that point and it's like okay sure. cool that's nice that feels good and now that we've expanded the course and i feel like a bit of a random tangent but this is me trying to sort of bring it back now so now that we've expanded the course and it covers, uh, and because of the extensive research, because of the great analysis that we've done, um, which wasn't just us, by the way, we had outside mm-hmm. help for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be able to guarantee that you will, in these uh, 1,500 characters and 4,000 words, at least, what, 94% of all coverage? I mean, 90, if 90% is 1,000 words based off of like the average corpus, then mm-hmm. 1,500 words, I mean, it's got to be well over 90% of everything you'll see in here in daily life. Now, mm-hmm. because of the way the course is set out and the way it's done, it's, there's a lot of, I guess, I don't like to use this word, but there's a lot of hacks mm-hmm. you know, and shortcuts. It's, it's, we think is the fastest way to learn overall. Chinese like to learn how to read and understand Chinese that is out there right so talking about experiences you guys are going to be able to if you just say you're starting from the beginning but even if you're already well into the course you're gonna be able to learn Chinese far quicker than we were or anyone mm-hmm. else before us I, I, I really think that and more accurately as far as I'm concerned because we cover every little base you know there and I was and that, that talk about experience right like talk about the idea of you're going to be able to communicate with people like they're going to be like you sh- you can read that how yeah. how long did that take you oh it took me like six months <laughs> so what that's just yeah. not heard of to be able to do that um, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to see what people are going to do with this I really am it's not it's, I don't know if this sounds like we're just bigging ourselves up I don't know but I don't care <laughs> like, it's, it's just a, this it's is exciting when you see it's it. exciting yeah. like yeah. we're and I was even saying to you <laughs> I sent that message the other day yeah because I was going through and just um, proofreading everything and checking uh, or everything's been put on the course correctly and all that stuff and I was just thinking, hang on a second, what? Like I was looking at the word uh, tan, like tan saw the tan to explore. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this is what this is what happens when you learn in a kind of muddled up. Like we learn quickly, right? But we still we we learn in a sort of patchwork way a, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. times. Like we did something that didn't work for a long time, and right. then we switched to this, switch that. So there's a lot of gaps in our knowledge too. And I remember like, this is someone that reads at least half an hour every single day for the last like four years, right? Five years or something. And I was like, I've never heard that that character or word used in that specific way that I saw. Because like, every single time we teach a word, um, whether it's a single character word or a multiple character word, we always give you every single usage that we think will be useful, actually relevant, actually yeah. relevant to daily life, um, not ancient usages or really just obscure mm-hmm. things. But so this word tan had like three usages, and one was um, to like. Put your like there was the sent the example sentence was uh like to tan chu like mm-hmm. to sort of because like 
poke your head out of the window like that to yeah, sort yeah. of explore something like to sort of mosey like, what, yeah, yeah. like what's, what's going on over there I like, I'd never seen that usage mm. I've just ne- happened to never see it but because we've been so thorough so I sent Phil a message I was like these people that are taking our course are going to have better Chinese than us like, really quick <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. and it's going to be we're going to be like oh yeah we're Chinese teachers and then our students are going to be better than us <laughs> yeah like the patchwork analogy is right because we basically uh, took those mm. different patches of learning and, and tied them together so yeah. it's like instead we're you're not going to be missing the same stuff that we missed and you know um there there is one thing i wanted to mention about the course that's a more of a practical thing just for the time being which is that we've released six levels we're going to release 14 more in this current expansion and uh so you know if, if you're really fast like i don't know if you're eja eja you're probably super fast or william you're probably gonna be done before we're ready um but uh <laughs> if you guys um finish don't worry we'll be soon out with the next 14 levels but also, this current iteration, we actually surprised ourselves because uh, Annie found a couple of really excellent um, uh, uh, graduate students to help us write sentences. And mm. it's like, you know, it's funny, a graduate student's like perfect for this type of thing because they're full of energy uh, and it's well like within their realm of competency to write, you know, an appropriately leveled sentence, especially once you get to the like the level you are at level 36 because you already know. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, but they... Uh, the three of them have been so efficient at writing the sentences that we actually we didn't think we were going to have sentences for you. We thought, okay, we'll have to catch up with the sentences. We are going to have sentences for every usage of every word, but it's going to be one sentence, and the Anki card is only going to have the closed delete of the character you learned recently, not the full word. And the reason for this is, again, efficiency. And so another practical thing I wanted to share with you guys about the course is related to just what is actually coming out over the next uh, few weeks, probably maybe six weeks to two months, and also a couple of details about the course you might find interesting. So the first is that uh, we released six levels already. There's 14 more to go, uh, and it's just a matter of making them. It's a matter of like, you know, just going through the process of proofreading and making thumbnails and making Anki cards, which takes a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get that done probably in maybe six to eight months, and you'll have another 14 levels 1,500, 1,530 characters, 4,000 plus words, each one with its own, each word with its own set of usages and a sentence for each one. Now, we didn't think we were going to have sentences in time for the release, but as, as it's turned out, Annie and the uh, couple of graduate students that she found have been so efficient at writing these sentences, and they're great sentences, lots of different grammar. They're very, um, you know, there's a variety, and of course, they're solidifying your previous knowledge. Very few top-down words, like as a much lower percentage of top-down words. There's some, but lower than in the foundational pack. And so that is your sort of foundational uh, materials you're going to get right away. And then as soon as they're finished writing out all the sentences for, uh, up through level 57, then they're going to get right on writing some graded content that's longer, you know, so a longer story, just like in phase five. And so that will allow you to have not just the foundational sort of, there's a sentence for each usage of each word, which is sort of the bare minimum, but then you can also read on top of that and read pleasurably because it's more interesting than just individual sentences. So we wanted to make sure you have the individual sentences because that's your sort of bare minimum of what you must have. But don't worry, there's going to be more interesting longer form content coming very soon. Yeah, I think the the fact that they did it so quickly is not just because they're young and excited and and you know they don't need that much money <laughs> to to as graduate think, students, yeah, yeah, as graduate <laughs> students. But I think it's also because it's just the way Chinese people are when they they know what they're doing is is helping other people learn their language or 
more specifically, they're helping two foreigners mm -hmm. who are running a business all about spreading China, Mandarin throughout the world, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're just they're just generally excited about that. Like yeah. when, we, when we were really starting out, and remember we had the, you asked people on Weibo yeah, yeah. just to do it for free. And you were not really expecting that much, yeah, yeah. but they just pretty much wrote I mean, yeah, there were more mistakes, so it's going correct. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But still. But it's 12 different people who wrote 12, sentences. 12 people for free. And yeah. a couple of those people were just, they, it was a Pareto principle. Like a couple of them wrote the majority. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it was just so, and I think it's just a, a very Chinese trait. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really nice. But the, the sentences are a little bit better this time because it's a little bit more unified in the sense that, uh, you know, all three uh, writers are communicating with each other, whereas all the Weibo people were in different parts of China. So, like, there's a, a bit more communication, a bit higher quality. And it's, uh, it's really exciting because this, when I'm, as I'm reading through the levels and I'm reading through all the stuff that you're going through, it's like, at, with your foundation already in place, which is why we call the first 36 levels the foundation pack, it's like you are sort of by definition very easy, easily able to acquire these words because if you look at a sentence, you know everything about it and you not only know everything about it, you know everything about it and have read thousands of sentences already. Mm. So you're not like starting from that like what is – a sentence in Chinese anyway, and how do they put together the words? You've got a pretty good sense of it now. Yeah. So learning a new word is, you know, you, your Anki uh, sessions should start to be like, you look at a sentence and you're spending like less than five seconds on each sentence because you don't need to, unless you want to practice your, uh, you know, um, mm -hmm. shadowing, in which case you'll spend a little bit more time in the sentence. But you don't always have to do that. Sometimes you can just go through and try to speed read because that's another skill you want to have. So I always used to mix it between the two. I'd speed read sometimes, mm -hmm. shadow sometimes. But uh, this is a really exciting time for you guys. We're getting to the point where if you reach the end of the lower intermediate pack, then you're going to know so much. You're going to easily be able to pass the HSK four. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, and you might even do pretty well on the HSK five. I, I don't know. I'd be curious to see how we somebody we're, did. We're a bit. We're always tentative. You know? We're always very conservative with those sorts of predictions. Yeah. We, we only we only say you could pass the HSK four or you could do this with our method when we're absolutely sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you would know? definitely be able to pass the HSK four, no problem. But yeah. yeah. And I, I, you're mentioning so much stuff. So I want to go back and mention the the thing about the. Um, the just one character per sentence, which mm. is like you—you you found that as well. You, as you were going through, you were like, "Why? Have we, why have we done this sort of thing? Yeah. Why have we done?" Because that's how we used to learn. We'd uh, we'd we'd um, take a sentence, and in, yeah. and the sentence is aiming—you're aiming to learn a specific word or, a, or a review a specific word or character using this sentence mm -hmm. or how it's used in a sentence. The grammar, essentially, that's how you learn grammar. But what we would do, as extra nerdy, we would like go into Anki and we would also close delete other characters and words that we want mm -hmm. to review mm -hmm. in that sentence so they'll be yeah. like originally it was just one character or if it's a two character word it'd be two 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 cards then but then we'd make like four or five six cards for just one sentence and stuff so we sort of applied that to you guys but now we've looked at it and we're like well this is just a much this is not that efficient overall so <laughs> we're, we're also going to go back and uh, remove the extra sentences from the previous packs as well right yeah. yeah 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 just so. make it more efficient for you guys so you can you won't have like 
it won't be so intimidating for you. You won't have like six sentence, six cards for one sentence. Yeah, oh, yeah. Goodness gracious. We will do that. I mean, that's that's one of those things. That's, that's not like super a high tedious, priority. But we'll yeah. get it. We'll get it yeah. in there. And we'll also, you can um, edit any of your Anki cards as much as you want. So uh, that's of course up to you. So, all right, awesome. Well, that's what we were wanting to talk to you guys about about the course expansion. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke will continue by answering the questions that came in this week. And uh, just thanks so much, you guys. We would not be able to do this even close to be able to do this if it weren't for all of your support and uh, enthusiasm. So thanks so much. Thanks. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that little intro with me and Phil there. I'm just going to jump straight into today's content now. So we've got a bunch of cool props here today. Uh, First one is from Jonathan Pritchard. Jonathan's, I believe, a new client of ours, new member, let's say. And I love it when I see... uh, new people get excited about the method because Jonathan's given us a bunch of new comments this week and they, they're all great. So he says, pick a prop for ba, which is uh, sort of that shape, the number eight. He says, I'm picking metallic flexible robot legs like Bender's legs from Futurama. Um, they always have that distinctive bow to them. That's a really good observation there. So that's based off of the appearance. The next one is based off of more like the meaning. So River Nixon, I'll pick a prop for Lee, which means power. He's gone for a car battery. So based purely on that power meaning, which is also a great, uh, that's basically the two ways, the two main ways of choosing props. And there's one more way, which we'll get into in just a sec. Alina Dana Kuroyan on pick a prop for G. So G has the meaning of a few or how many. It's also the question of that. But I, th- I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think the original meaning is of a table. So for example, it's, it's just such a weird thing with Chinese, you know. So you get like a, uh, usually when you have a character that has two or three or several completely different meanings depending on context, it's usually got a different pronunciation, like like more than one pronunciation character. But Ji is an example of a character, fairly rare example where it has two wildly different meanings table or coffee table, cha ji, tea table, Chinese people say tea table, not coffee table. It has that, but it also means how many, how much it's, you know, it's, I don't know why, there's probably a simple explanation for why, but it's just interesting. Anyway, Alina's chosen a phosphorescent caterpillar, glow in, I guess she means like fluorescent, like glow in the dark sort of caterpillar, because purely based on the shape of the way a caterpillar crawls, that's what it looks like. And that's very observant too. Connor Griffith on pick a prop for Jiao, which means horn. It's gone for rhino. Standard, awesome, uh, very clear representation. Connor again on pick a prop for shi, meaning history. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier. So you get uh, the prop based on the appearance, but you also get the prop based on the meaning. There's a third option, and there may be more options that we don't know about, but that have yet to be invented by you guys. But the third option, which is really cool, but much more difficult and rare, is combining both together. So the appearance, he says, it kind of looks like a ship of sorts, either of the Vikings or the pirates. I think the Vikings would be best. That's more of a representation of history. So you get the meaning, the visuals of what it looks like and the meaning combined into one prop. It's awesome. It's the best kind of thing you can hope for, but don't try and do that with everyone. Otherwise, sometimes it just doesn't come to you and you'll spend a lot of energy for no reason. Um, Alina has said here, she says for pick a prop for day, which makes it mean dumb, uh, stupid. She says, I went with Zaraki Kenpachi, a character from the Bleach anime. 
because instead of all the other skills, he's totally dumb when it comes to space directions and orientation. So he stupidly misses key moments because of his incapacity to find the way in a given amount of time. You can find this type of character very skilled or stupid, uh, very sorry, very skilled or intelligent, but stupid when it comes to space orientation. Absolutely, I'm one of them. Uh, also, in other anime series, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm very skilled or intelligent though. Actually, <laughs> just stupid with space orientation. Um, <laughs> Also, in other anime series like One Piece or Naruto and many others, suggestion goes, of course, just to people who watch anime. I don't agree, actually. I think that it could also convert a few people because I've said this before. Anime is great because uh, not only is it very vivid and, and just great in, in general, I, I'm just quite, I just enjoy the medium. It comes in both TV show and comic, usually. Especially with Naruto and One Piece, I'm not sh and Bleach. I'm not sure about the. I'm sure it was originally a comic, but I've never seen the Chinese version. But with Bleach, uh, with One Piece and Naruto, there are Chinese versions, and these stories are just huge. They just go on forever. Uh, so whether you want to read or you want to watch and listen and read the subtitles in the TV show, uh, they have Chinese versions. Like I believe completely in Chinese with Chinese audio and everything. You can find them on these um, video apps. Uh, like Yoku, but I think they have tons of video apps for China, uh, like Aichi and, and Le TV and stuff like that. You can always find these TV shows. You can actually download them straight on your phone, so you can watch them without without um, internet. Uh, I don't know if you have to be in China to download the apps, though. Some of them probably you do. But a lot of them are Hong Kong apps, so uh, it should be all right. But anyway, get into anime, because uh, if you're not already... Uh, because there's a great sort of resource of Chinese content, which can be quite, uh, it's quite sparse in relation to other languages because of, you know, the censorship and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, next is uh, Jethro Tenorio on pick a prop for Xiang, which basically means each other. That's one of the key meanings. Because He says, because I use Mike Wazowski as a prop for the eye, I decided to use James Sullivan or Sully, his buddy in Monsters, Inc., as a prop for this character for each other because I always picture them together and in that way I will not forget that Mike, the eye, is this character as well. Fantastic. Great job. Um, River on pick a prop for Nay. He's chosen a sire wheel. I'm not sure how to pronounce it but I, I've seen it. Um, as you can see in the picture here it's just those sort of rings that people stand in and they roll around in um, and that's a really good idea because Nay means inner or inside um, and, it, and it's also a pictograph of that that concept as you, as you can see if you read the show notes you see the character there uh, another one from River Liang he's chosen Chinese balding balls those balls that I'm 90% sure on this I might be wrong but those balls those are metal balls that you sort of uh, rotate in your hand to relax yourself um, so that's a really good one. And it makes a very distinct noise, like a sort of rubbing noise as you, as, you, as you do it, like metal rubbing against each other. So there's a few senses that are involved in that. That's a really good one. Um, Jonathan Pritchard, I don't get this one. I'm not sure what the Happy Gilmore reference is, but he says, pick a prop for do it, which, which means to exchange. Um, um, it looks like a devil as well. He says, 10 points for the Happy Gilmore reference. Not sure what that reference might be. I've been really because I've watched Happy Girl, I've watched most Adam Sandler, but I'm trying to think what is the representation in that movie that could be of exchange. But I'm, I'm not going to go and check the comments right now. But awesome, I'm glad it, I love to see when, when you see a prop or a keyword connection 
that really speaks to your personal tastes. And it's, oh, yes, I know that. And it, sometimes it's quite obscure. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, very, it's just a great feeling. So next one here, this one's going straight over my head. River Nixon on Pick a Prop for Wang, which means king. Leo Wang, the Taiwanese hip hop artist. Yul Brynner was a close second. Awesome. Uh, Alina again on Pick a Prop for Ji. Uh, we recommend uh, something to do with a snake because that's what it looks like. It looks like a, an S, sort of a backward S, like a snake sort of coming up on its back. She says, Aurora Boris, the self-eating snake. Check out this picture of that. Um, you can see uh, that it's a very memorable idea. And it's a great idea because the, the character itself means self. So it's not, that's another one where it's combining the appearance with the meaning together. It's awesome. Um, another option is Madam White Snake. Here's a picture of her. Um, the Legend of White Snake is a hugely popular Chinese uh, story, and it's been made into a bunch of different TV shows as well. They, they tend to do that with Chinese stories, like Xiu um, Ji. Uh, what's it called in English? Something of the West. The one with the Monkey King in it. Journey to the West, I believe. Um, and uh, they just make a new, endless versions of these movies and TV shows of the same story, these ancient Chinese stories. Uh, River Nixon on Pick a Prop for Zhu, which means master. He says, Cliff Burton of Metallica. This is great because this is so specific. This is like what I was talking about earlier. When someone speaks to your individual taste, uh, Cliff Burton of Metallica, he died during the Master of Puppets tour. He is my choice. Awesome. Well done. Um, one actor this week. So we're moving, let's, that's, that's the props for this week. Let's move on to actors and sets. Just one of each, and they're both from Jonathan. He says, uh, his actor choice for casting call for Du, which would be a fictional actor. So that represents that, that uh, opinion initial there. Duffman can never die. Only the actors who play him. That quote immediately came to mind. So Duffman, it is. And yes, you're in like that. You've also been following our advice, which is your first instinct is usually the best. So well done. And your set, Jonathan, was set the scene for O. So the set is the location or building you choose that relates to your personal life. Somewhere you've been, somewhere you lived, somewhere you grew up. And he says, my favorite apartment in Orlando. Easy. Well done. Yeah. So, or, or, so the O in Orlando represents the, that's, that's the connection to the set. So you don't forget it. So that's a great choice there. <clears throat> so now let's jump into movies. We've got a few cool movies this week, actually. Uh, I say that every time, don't I? Because we always end up with cool movies from you guys. <laughs> so uh, maybe I should just stop saying it. Just, we've got some movies this week. Uh, Jonathan Pritchard, I'll make a movie for which means only, but it also, when it's pronounced with the first tone, it's another as I mentioned earlier. When it's pronounced with the first tone, it's a measure word for small animals, like it's a, a cat. I'm conflating a couple of scenes from Monty Python. The rabbit that kills everyone, pictured here, and the black knight saying it's only a flesh wound, pictured here. <laughs> My friend Jacob is being attacked by the giant mouth, that's the top component, with robot legs. That's what he chose earlier, the bender legs. It's chomping on his arm and he's telling me it's only a flesh wound. It's only a flesh wound. That's great. Awesome. Very simple. Um, and I do like 
it's, well, it's, 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 there's, there's a lot going on, but it's just it's written in a very simple way, um, which is great. Rebecca Weeble on Make a Movie for Gur, which is a very abstract concept. It's one of the first, it's one of the earlier characters that we cover, and it's an abstract concept, which are, tend to be tougher for beginners. So how does because the meaning of this is individual. That's quite tough, right? How do you represent individual visually? It, it, it seems really tough at first. It's not once you get the hang of the method, but it can throw, throw people off. So let's see how she did. It's athletics day at my high school and everybody is watching the high jump competition on the backfield. All the contestants are using frisbee flop technique, don't know what that is, uh, until my grandfather's turn. He has grabbed a driftwood staff, that's the vertical part of the component, and proceeds to split leap over the bar. What an individual. I'm not seeing, I'm not, I'm not sure, you probably know this because it's your scene, but I'm not seeing what the top sort of umbrella component is there, but I'm sure you've included it. Um, yeah, I can't see that, but it's great. It's a great idea to represent individual. Everyone doing the same thing, very drab and boring, and phew, your grandfather does something that makes him an individual, something unique. Fantastic. Well done. Um, Alina. Make a, movie, make a movie for Xiao to think or I would like to do something. <clears throat> a possible soundtrack suggestion for the script, Think by Collider. Even if you have not listened to it before, it might just be the type of song that your brain will repeat again and again. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. If someone wants to give, you a tr uh, give it a try, look for it on YouTube. Fantastic, thank you. Soundtracks are great. Again, I know, I've mentioned this many times before. I'm kind of a bit tone deaf. I don't really listen to music that much. I'm not really a music guy, and it doesn't help me. Um, doesn't really help me in my scenes. But I think I'm the minority. Um, I think that soundtracks are fantastic ideas, and please keep more suggestions coming. It's get, it's, it's a it's a thing that I never imagined doing. We we haven't really Phil included it on the course. It was his idea because um, I'm just not musical, it wouldn't come to me like that. But uh, I know it helps a lot of people. Fred Snyder on Make a Movie for Gur, so the same character as before. Uh, this is just a general question, actually. He says, ah, represents frustration just when I think I've got it. Do I need a new location place, as in a set, for every final? That's 13 of them. And four or five places or rooms, separate areas for the tones within those sets? Yes. So you divide those sets up into five areas which you decide but we give you the guidelines you know we say oh outside the entrance for the first tone inside the entrance like the hallway kind of area for the second tone and the kitchen um, and the third tone is the bedroom and living room and the fourth tone is back garden or backyard and uh, toilets but these are rough i mean you can de decide your own boundaries really he says so, so learning shu occurs in this kitchen the second tone of my uh, of my childhood home so for the next final, do I need a new location? Do I abandon my beloved childhood home and its second tone kitchen for Tong and Zhen? Yes, unfortunately, yes. You can't have everything in your childhood home because we need to make sure we're remembering the right final. And there's 13 different ones that we've made for you. Um, so 13 different buildings that you need to think of. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. Just think about it, because I could go out, even if I, that we had a, a message on a, um, the Mandarin Blueprint community recently, there's a gentleman who was like, I don't know more than four places. Um, and I said, if that's, that, if that's the case, that's obviously incredibly rare for someone not to know 
more than four locations visually. But you can, if you want, you can take a couple of hours, go to your local city center and walk around your local shopping mall, shopping center or whatever, and just walk around. Okay, this place looks pretty nice. It's pretty big. Just spend a few minutes there walking around, noticing the details and boom, that's now a set you can use. Your brain is incredible like that, right? So you can go out and make a little project to do that if you really can't think of 13 places. Um, you know, and they can include all sorts of different categories of areas as well. So next we have Elena, uh, Alina again on make a movie for xi, which means to extinguish, or it also means breath, to breathe, like hu xi. Um, she says, um, thanks to the people giving ideas and in the comments, yes, they are really helpful. So please keep them coming. Here is my version for this script. Um, my, I must say my prop for zi, which means self, sim similar to ji from earlier. Zi also means self. She, she calls it the Pinocchio mirror. That's her prop representation. When someone lies, the Pinocchio mirror shows the person with a big nose. The nose grows big also to the person in reality. Um, so from their perspective, I guess you mean. Um, Sinead O'Connor, the she actor, is outside the entrance of my childhood home, sitting on the stairs. She's looking in the mirror and tries to convince herself that she's not depressed, but a happy person. And actually, she had periods of depression in real life. That's why she's mentioning this. Um, but who could know that her mirror happens to be actually the Pinocchio mirror? So Sinead O'Connor can suddenly see her nose growing bigger and bigger, not stopping from growing, Astonished and terrified, she cannot breathe anymore. That should be breathe with an E. And faints down. Faints. Uh, Pinocchio feels so sorry for her that he gets out of the magic mirror, repeating, breathe again, breathe again, like in Tony Braxton's song, Breathe Again, which, if you like, could be a soundtrack, I guess, for this, uh, for this, uh, this uh, scene uh, part. And he snatches his own wooden heart from the chest and throws it into the one of Sinead O'Connor's huge nostrils. This makes Sinead O'Connor's nose shrink back to the original size and breathe again. Wow. There's a lot going on here. Um, so your prop is the mirror and the heart. And the it means breathe. So I'm not sure. I guess that you made her nose big in order to fit the heart into it. So the nose being big is just part of that. That's fine. One thing I would say about this, the, the, it, overall it's awesome. It, it ticks all the boxes. But... Pinocchio is using a wooden heart, so that heart looks different from your normal heart prop, which you use. Be careful with that. Make sure your props, so your, Pinocchio should use the same heart that is in that you use for all your other characters with the heart component. Do you see what I mean? So make sure that otherwise you might look back on this scene in a couple of months or something and be like, what was that wooden thing for? You know, your brain does that. It, it forgets forgets things that's why we consistency is very important with the props they can change in size and maybe even color but generally they're the same object yeah awesome so that's a great great movie there jonathan pritchard on making movie for shu sean connery so shu means to know and it's made up of um what we suggest to be a megaphone and an ant uh, but let's see what you got so Sean Connery is in my childhood home with a game show microphone. Ah, oh, so you use microphone to represent the speech component on the left. That's fine. With a giant ant. The set breaks away into a film set where the ant is competing on a trivia game for who has the most knowledge. Fantastic. Great. I love the way you've described that story as well. It's very, uh, you, know this, you did this earlier on. Um, I, I love both. I love the, like, for example, 
Ija, uh, Alina as well, Chad, they give very like almost like they're writing a actual movie script. They give they give such detailed direction for every aspect, which I think is a great idea. But just as great in a, in a different way is if you write it in short form. And the reason is because it gives uh, it gives a general idea for people to do things, but it doesn't go into exact detail about what they should, so how they should imagine it. Um, which gives them more room for adding their own flavor to, I suppose. I'm not saying one is better than the other whatsoever. I'm just saying that they have their, they each has their own advantages. Uh, the next one here is <clears throat> Alina, again, with Make a Movie for a D. So earlier we had her prop, and I believe her prop came from this. Okay, so let's see how she did it. Janice Joplin, the J.I. actor, enters the living room of my childhood home where there's a pure white swan, that's the E prop on the right, which makes up this character, um, sleeping on the bed. Janice Joplin suddenly thinks a few, a few, that's the meaning of the character, a few white feathers should look great on her dress for the next musical show. So she pulls out her samurai sword, that's the left part component of this character, and cuts a few feathers from the sleeping white swan. But as soon as she touches the feathers, Janice Joplin changes into a phosphorescent or fluorescent caterpillar, begging Princess Swan for forgiveness and for her old body back. The phosphorescent caterpillar is my prop for the new character formed by this script. Great job. And you criticize yourself here, which I think is a bit unfounded. You say, I feel like a few in my script is not so memorably emphasized. But I had no other supplementary ideas. On, on the other hand, I really know this character from studying with Mandarin Blueprint before, from probably from our uh, pronunciation course. So together with this sketch script, script would function okay for me. Fine. But remember, <clears throat> this is something maybe you haven't gotten into yet because it's a bit later on in the course. But when we talk about more complex characters, we talk about employing high-level techniques like acting skills. But basically what we mean, mean by that is showing emotion in more subtle ways um, to make up for the fact that the meaning is pretty abstract. So you need to, you might not be able to show it very clearly with objects like physical things. So you, sh you use your acting skills. So another little idea and suggestion for you is if you're having trouble uh, conveying using what you have to work with, the actor, the props, the set, etc. You're having trouble effectively conveying the meaning, maybe because it's too abstract or you just you just can't seem to click with it, whatever. Remember the higher level technique of acting skills. So basically what we just called it that, what we mean is using the more subtle emotions expressed by gestures and facial uh, expressions from your actors using that to convey the meaning. So for example, you said here, I don't feel like I expressed a few enough. So it could have been, you know, several, or it could have been like a, a bunch or whatever. It wasn't quite a few, that idea. But I reckon you could just, <clears throat> if you were unsure about that, you could just maybe take a little bit of time to show the subtle expressions on the actor's face, maybe even do a close up. So think about your top actors, who's your favorite actor? or one of your favorite actors, or who do you think is most skilled at their craft? Someone like Anthony Hopkins or Ian McKellen or something like that. These people are so good because, well, well, I think they're so good. One of the reasons why they're so good is because they can convey incredibly subtle emotions 
and several layers of emotions and several different types of these subtle emotions in a row, just with slight movements of their eyes, the way they look down, you know, all these different things that these people do, these skilled actors do. So you can, you don't have to be that high level with it, but you can just pull a face or the way they move shows that concept. So if, I don't know, for example, with a few, if, I, if that was me, I would think of something like, oh, I'll just take one. Ah, maybe nah, I'll just take a few. Like she's sort of a bit tentative about it, but she's, she doesn't want to overstep the mark, but she's, she wants those feathers, right? So oh, I'll just take a few. It's fine. It'll be fine. And then she goes to t cut them off and then she puts them on her body and she's like, yeah, maybe one more. Yeah, just a few. Like she does those sort of subtle things and then she turns into a caterpillar. And then maybe she's even like, it was only a few. Look, it's just a few. Like she's, she's sort of commenting on that. And you will be able to convey that clear, clearly through those sort of uh, gestures and facial expressions. So try that out if you're having doubts next time. Um, another one from Alina. Make a movie for Xiu, which is to rest. Uh, and that's a pictogram, or, sorry, an ideogram of uh, a person resting against a tree. Uh, this one counts as a pictograph for me, she says. Uh, I once saw a sketch showing Zhen, like the, the the person component, as a tired person sitting on the ground with the head bent over the chest, who's resting on the branches of a tree. That's the right side component. This just remained in my memory. So my script for Xiu, this character is just a tired Xi actor is resting under the huge violet tree, that's her tree prop, outside the entrance of the old location. Fine, fine. And just a quick aside, if you know these characters, any characters that you have in the in the course that you know, if you know them fully, like you can write them, you can pronounce them, at least one of the pronunciations, easily without getting the tone wrong or anything like that, and you know what the character means, move on. You don't need to make a scene for it. Uh, you could review it in your flashcards if you like, but you don't need to. But if there's any aspects of the character you don't know, the pronunciation, you can't write it. And writing's kind of, I mean, you know, it's just... Not every, you know, you should at least be able to pronounce it correctly and understand what it means. The writing is maybe a bit of an over, over the top. You don't necessarily have to write every single character or be able to write. It's just a nice bonus from the method. If you don't know one of those things, though, it's probably worth doing the method, probably worth uh, memorizing it using a, a movie scene. And a simple one like this is fine. Uh, we've got two more scenes, actually, from Melina. She's been smashing it this week. Make a movie for Dai, which basically means stupid. Uh, she says, the D actor is running on the street outside the entrance of the AI location. Huge, hungry, rolling stone's mouth, the prop for cold, the mouth prop, is chasing him. He suddenly sees a huge violet tree prop for more in the middle of the highway, so he quickly climbs up it. Up it. Rolling stone's mouth still chases him, but remains stupidly uh, dumb, stuck on the top of the violet tree. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Rolling Stones mouth addresses dumb gestures to people on the street. So I guess he has like face a face and hands and arms and stuff who refuse to help her disentangle from the tree. In the same time, the dumb situation also happened to Dylan Wang. I guess, yeah, that's your D actor. His clothes are all torn because of the climbing. So now he's hiding in the violet tree branches wearing only underwear. He tends to be to stupidly hide there until nightfall so he can climb down without being seen. So you've got three different layers here. I hope this didn't take you too long because you're you, a bit of overkill, to be honest. Right? You've got such good representations several times throughout. Um, but if that just came to you like that, that's awesome.
it's a good way of and representing the character meaning keyword connection rather several times in one is just a great look like fail safe again as long as it does it's not too straining for you don't don't do it if it's really hard um, don't strain saying i've got to think of three different representations but if it just comes to you naturally that's fine uh, alina also says for make a movie for lie as in to come she says the l actor is in the kitchen of the ai location with a huge bowl of rice in front of him full of greed he's about to begin wolfing down the rice but he remains petrified with his mouth open a razor blade comes flying into the air where's the razor blade from doesn't matter right uh, and sticks in the upper part of the rice pile so i can imagine what you're saying here dividing it like making a kind of roof okay the mother-in-law that's she's kind of like an extra i guess isn't she um she's actually uh yeah she's she lives in this house says don't forget your prayers and blessings before eating get out of the door and then come in again and do it properly that's already enough way enough to memorize this character but she's added one extra thing at the end just to make sure which is l actor is mumbling to himself again and again where does that come from man where does that come from man like, i imagine that's the uh, the razor blade like, where did it come from great idea there you go. Great. I think you've clearly got the hang of that, Alina. Well done. Um, now, for the next section, we're going to talk about just, well, we've got one pronunciation question this week, and it's a common one we get. We've had several times before. Um, he's, uh, Fred Snyder asks, in the last video, the last pronunciation, pronunciation rather, Annie is saying, how much money? How much? Shao seems barely said. What exactly does she say quickly? Well, she's saying Shao quickly, but it comes out Rao. <laughs> so, uh, that's how it sounds when, it, when it's said properly by a native. Like, I say properly, what is proper, you know? Like, for example, someone's learning English, they'll say, I'm going to go. But I would say, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Or I'm going to go. It's like, it's, it's so quick. But is that wrong? No, because I'm a native speaker and I'm saying it. So it can't be wrong, right? That's how people speak. Uh, also, you know, another one is, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's not wrong. You can't say it's wrong, right? It's how people speak. And then that's what we want to pre prepare you for in the lessons. Now, we do actually mention these sorts of things specifically in like unit 10, I believe, or maybe unit nine, like towards the end, it's called dialectical problems. Because just to prepare you for some of it, but there's no way we could prepare you for all of it. You just have to listen and um, be, be ready for things that go outside your expectations. It's all, it's all good, it's all, it's all fun. Uh, miscellaneous, got a few miscellaneous questions this week as well. Uh, River Nixon on, it's a word for Joel. Uh, oh, he's actually answering Abigail. She, Abigail asked, oh, why is it not Mei Ge Zhou Mei Ge Tian instead of what? Why is it now? Uh, why is it Mei Zhou or Mei Tian? And the reason is because and and she asked actually she she asked and absolutely correct she said oh no sorry River responded to her sorry by saying I'm guessing it's because Tian and Zhou are measure words in themselves so you don't need to say Mei Ge Tian you just say Mei Tian. So, and, and he's absolutely right. But for example, xing qi is another way of saying weak, but you don't say mei xing qi. I guess, actually, I guess you could if you're speaking quickly, but the proper way to say it is mei ge xing qi. So, because xing qi is not a uh, measure word, so you have to use the ge there usually, you know. 
Um, so anyway, that's that's the that's the gist of that, and that happens quite a lot. Uh, another one, Kai on new vocabulary unlocked for Hui Chu means to return. He says, "This is a, and I I kept this in because this is a very important subject to talk about. My reading is getting better, but listening is a whole other challenge. I live in Sydney, and there's a lot there's lots of Mandarin speaking people trying to overhear their conversations. I'm only still picking out a few words. Starting to watch Mandarin cooking YouTube videos again for now, only picking up a few words. Don't worry." We had a we had a big um, uh, comment from a gentleman called Lawrence on the course on our community uh, recently, and I responded with a video. You can go ahead and check it out if you want. He had a similar issue. He's you know because we focus so much on reading. I mean we we do say read and listen, but reading is more like a uh, listening is just well. Let's take it one step at a time here. So. The course is based around reading, but you automatically learn the pronunciation as well in the method and every word every character every sentence every piece of content that we provide comes with high quality male and female native audio because listening is absolutely vital and listening and speaking together with reading shadowing is even better but you can't always do that because it's very energy sapping but listening takes longer and it's more it's you can't fake it either and it takes longer and you can't you can't do it in your own time, like re reading. People speak the speed they speak, and you just have to understand it, uh, or try to understand it, and pick up what you can. There's no way to cheat it. That's why listening is very difficult, and but it also takes the longest. But there's some good news about listening as well. Listening, there's, there's getting better at listening is not only very easy and simple, but it's also very convenient. Way more convenient than any other, like you know, reading, writing, and speaking because you can do it anywhere. All you need to do is put Chinese in your ear that you understand, or at least mostly understand. Just stick it in there whilst you're driving or walking. Whatever you're doing, put in some earphones and listen to Chinese. Now that could be our EPUBs. We've got tons of listening material. Um, it could be things like, uh, I always recommend Chinese Pod. You know, Chinese Pod's got an ocean of listening content. It's just ridiculous how much content those guys have. And it's high quality, guys as well. Um, we hope one day we can release something like they have, you know, so some sort of uh, listening material to go with it. But we have a lot still, we have a lot of loads of flashcards with tons of audio for that purpose. But you cannot rush listening. Listening happens at its own time, you can't, you can hack it to certain degrees. And if you read and listen at the same time, that will increase your your the reading supports the listening and the listening supports the reading speed. Um, and you will progress faster doing that. But you know, you can't always have that. It's, it's more, that takes more attention and you can't do that whilst you're cooking or something, right? You can't be reading stuff or driving, for example. Please don't do that. Um, so similar to the way that writing is a fantastic way of producing the language because, but it's, it has that advantage over speaking in the same way that listening, sorry, reading has an advantage over listening. You can do it in your own time. You can read in your own time. Take it step by step. Read a sentence. Read it again. Read it again. Whereas with listening, especially listening live to people chatting to you, you can't ask them to repeat and repeat and slow it down 80% necessarily, right? So, um, where in the same with uh, speaking, when you're speaking, you just you can't retry the same sentence over and over again because the person listening to you will not want to listen for very long. Um, 
you can't take too long getting out what you want to say. There's that pressure to do that. It's time. You have a limited time and it's crunch time and you have to say that thing. Sometimes you won't be able to. Whereas with writing, you can sit there and be like, what's that word? Oh, yeah. And then you can write it. Or you can think, what is the word I'm trying to say? You look it up, read a couple of example sentences, and then write it in the way that you think it should be written based on the examples that you just saw. And all this sort of time that you can take. Um, they're just different entities. And uh, we are, I would say, we are not. And so we've been sort of thought to be by beginners or people just starting to use our course. We're just a reading course, which is not true. It's just that reading comes to you quicker and it's easier to do than listening. And reading and listening go together and then speaking and writing come afterwards. So it's just the general natural process of language learning that makes the course seem like it's just a reading course and that we don't offer listening and that we don't offer writing. We do, it just it comes holistically as part of it. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that again uh, to address that. So... Uh, Next, we've got a couple of last emails here from uh, David Holland and another one here from Gareth. Oh, sorry, Garth. I apologize. So let's jump into it. Uh, David Holland, he uh, made a nice comment here. It was a very informative comment on our rapid acquisition crash course, I believe. He says, I teach ESL in China and tell parents the same things you are saying. <clears throat> I teach reading, writing, listening to beginner students starting as early as three years old. I don't teach writing with the thought in my head that they will write perfectly at such a young age. I do it so that they will start to realize that they are seeing words on the board that go with the pictures or learn a new sight word that they are hearing and speaking as well as to build fine motor skills. I want to activate them in learning and satisfy many learning styles in my classes. As, as I teach older students, I push for balancing as I talk with parents, have the students use what they know as often as they can while still learning things. Tonight, I showed a parent and a student how to look around a room and use what they see to create a story based on what she already knows well, the usual suspect. She reads college level books with perfect pronunciation, but her seven-year-old brain has never had a chance to use the language in a natural or creative context. I'm getting her to create movies in her head with dialogue. Fantastic. That's great. Great job. You sound like a really good teacher, way better than I was when I was teaching ESL. <laughs> um, thanks, Luke and Phil, for putting together this program. Ting Ting, that's his wife, uh, I believe. You're married, aren't you? I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, is amazed by some of my Hansa movies I'm telling her about about as well as pronunciation I'm using since I finally started to learn Chinese after living here for over six years. And I remember that David uh, contacted us way before and he's like, I, I need to sort up my Chinese. I've been here too long. Um, and, you know, can, what could, can your course help me? And I, I said, yes. And, you know, it's, it's great to see that he's finding some success with it. That's fantastic. Um, all right. Fantastic. So we've got one. I'm saying fantastic a lot today. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the final email of the week and then we'll uh, finish up for today. So this is from Garth Grescu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, we, we hear from Garth every now and then and his comments are always so funny and insightful. Um, and we asked him, he got to, he's making great progress in the course and uh, th therefore we ask everyone who makes a certain amount of progress, makes it to level 13, can you give us a you know, a blog post or a, an interview or anything like that. 
whatever you're willing to do, you know? And this is his re response. He says, option one, this is a blog post, because I respect your dream, talent, and initiative, and because you are poets and Laoists at heart. I think you're giving us a bit too much credit, but I appreciate that. Despite your in-depth knowledge of American pop culture, I expect to be following you for the long term. Oh, sorry, yeah, I read that with the wrong sentence intonation, as usual, but you get the idea. Luke and Phil, I hear, uh, here are my thoughts about your course. My internet access here in rural Canada is often restricted to the early AM hours. Certainly not your fault, but it does tend to make me a bit of a, a binge learner. Uh, Anki Downloads worked for Pronunciation Mastery and really helped my early morning sight singing for the Hello Chinese uh, speech recognition exercises that I'm also doing. About two thirds done now, great. I learned the hands and moving method from you guys and thought it was really fun for a while. There are computer problems, probably the spotty internet access, that prevented my continued use of Anki decks. Dan, but uh, no worries. I believe that for my brain, the power of the hands and moving method is only 10% of the power of the Mandarin blueprint method, which is already functioning for me at 110%. I do the character review for 30 minutes to one hour every day or uh, every day or two using your excellent level summaries, but no Anki due to fussy computer. Ah, oh, it's a shame you can't use Anki. That's such a shame because uh, you know, that's the one way we guarantee your progress. But I imagine you've, you, it's also great that you've, um, you've found another, another way of, well, you found a little way around it by reviewing the level reviews. That's a good, that's a good point. Well done. Um, I still use some of the Hansa tools to help remember accents for components. I also love how the Mandarin Blueprint TM is character-driven in such a sensible, cumulative process. I did study Mandarin for a few months, several years ago, and I forgot everything that I learned except that I was intrigued and overwhelmed because characters were ominous and frightening, and because there was no blueprint. Um, the strategy of the text we use were not well understood by our teacher. I suspect that their overall strategy was weak because they, are, they were written by well-meaning committees with odd learning topics. Occasionally, I peruse a beginner Mandarin textbook when the internet is down. I found in-person beginner Mandarin classes for three hours a week to be much more expensive in time and money than the Mandarin Blueprint method. And in-person classes are distracting due to the travel and social part of the process. I absolutely agree. I mean, not everyone is the same, of course. Some people just prefer that social uh, environment, but we're always about what is it that causes the, what is the most efficient way of learning, you know? And speaking needs to be done. You need to practice speaking if you want to improve your speaking. You can't do that though without a large amount of exposure to input by listening and reading, but you need to have speaking classes. But I don't agree personally, Phil, Phil and I, neither of us really agree, in the value of class-based learning overall. I think it's absolutely vital to learn in your own way by listening, listening and reading using a program such as ours and to build up that, that ability and then pay for focused speaking output lessons where the tutor is qualified they ask the right questions to keep you talking or keep you writing or whatever it is you're doing for output at that point. They correct you in a way that is is encouraging but also uh, useful, you know, so they're not just interrupting you all the time. They let you have that meaningful connection that comes with producing the language. But they've got a great ear for prob not only mistakes you're making but mistakes you're repeating and how to correct you and fix those mistakes. 
Uh, but that's it. You know, I don't think a class is useful for anything else personally. In terms of like learning Chinese, I don't know anything about anything else. All right, so don't quote me on that. But anyway, let's continue. I expect that the social part of Mandarin learning will be essential when I have more characters and phrases in my ear brain, <laughs> but not yet, and that's fine. Take your time. That's another thing、uh, you've got here, which is good. The attitude about take my time. And it will come. Trust the method. When you've got a method that you know that works, though, you can just relax in that area. You can say, "Okay, it's going to work as long as I keep investing my time," and you can just go with it. You know, without feeling that stress. Am I doing this? Is this going to work in the long term? Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting my money? I know now how to pronounce and recognize about one hundred characters. Level twelve.、Uh, Phil and Luke are correct to warn us to stay on the Mandarin blueprint path of con continual renewal. And new lesson learning, and all will be revealed. We do kind of say that, yeah. The revelations come as the language and logic naturally unfold, as we understand how the characters work together. Thank you for trusting us on that one as well. There is a magnificent poetry in the Mandarin Blueprint approach, even without the hands and moving method, and for no extra charge. I guess without the hands and moving method, you might question my long-term memory reliability. That's okay, because the Mandarin Blueprint is an excellent resource with or without. The hands of moving method. It's the character learning method.、Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to learn from your questions. Thanks for inviting me to do a guest post in your blog. Ask me anything. So we'll definitely follow up with you there, Gar.、Um, you know, that, I'm sorry you're having trouble connecting. That's just so frustrating.、Uh, trust me, we know from experience,、uh, work, you know, working and living in China.、Um, but I'm glad you found use out of it.、Uh, and that's all, really. You know, you there's no one way you have to use the method if you want to. Uh, if you can't have access to all of it, or you choose not to use certain parts of it, that's good. As long as you are making progress and you're happy and you're motivated, that's that's our goal.、Um, so that's that's a great note to leave、uh, the podcast on today. I think it's been quite a long one, I believe, today. So thanks for listening.、Um, and any time, guys, if you, you're on the method, you're in the course, or not. Get in touch with us at contact at mandarinblueprint.com or podcast at mandarinblueprint.com if it's something specifically about that. If you comment on the actual platform, we only reply to you using these videos, so it might be a delay, and there will be a delay actually.、Um, so if you want an answer quick from us, email us please,、uh, or send a message to the Mandarin Blueprint community our forum.、Uh, and other than that, it's been great. Uh, today and I will speak to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.